guys, welcome. Happy Halloween. We are doing something a little different. Uh, I don't know what we could call this. I guess this is a side quest. So welcome to our side quest today. Uh, I'm your host, or one of your co-hosts of Nintendo, Mick, and I'm joined every episode by my lovely co-host, Tyson. Nice. And today what we're going to do is we're going to get you to the spooktacular mood. So we tried to scare you a little bit earlier this month by talking about It Part 2 in theaters. And then we talked about Resident Evil 2 in depth. And now we're going to scare your pants off by talking about one of the our favorite 90s live action horror shows. Are you afraid of the dark? Excellent. Excellent nice. TV series. Well, nice. if you're born in the 90s. So as you can tell, one of our favorite Halloween or holidays is Halloween. Uh, we did a Simpsons Trails of Horror episode last year where we ranked them uh, kind of our top ten. This year we're going to talk about two episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And this might even be a little bit of a precursor because once we're finished with our next run of SideQuest Cinemas, so episodes 7, 8, and 9 for Star Wars, we might be doing something different in the new year. So if you guys do like these single show formats or maybe we t- look at it, watch an old cartoon, an old TV show, and just kind of discuss it quickly, every month that is something we might be looking at doing in the new year so hmm, layers exciting yes and if you have any recommendations feel free to hit us up on twitter uh instagram and i'm sure there's a couple other ones email us yeah yeah nice nice so again are you afraid of the dark is what we're looking at today we've each picked an episode and we're gonna break them down and tell you about them the initial release date was October 31st, 1990. Scary. Ooh. Also, happy 29-year anniversary. Oh, excellent. Wonderful. Yeah. Happy 29-year yeah. anniversary, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. You did it. Typically, the runtime was about 22 minutes. I think there was a couple two-parters, but they were still broken down into 22-minute episodes. We had 91 episodes over seven seasons. That's a lot of TV show, you know? Yeah, that's a lot of Canadian acting. acting. Yeah, a lot of Canadian acting. Uh, we'll look at development details quickly, and that's uh, we're not going to bore you with lots of other superfluous things on this one. So, they did a nod to the Twilight Zone by starting every story with Submitted for the Approval of the Midnight Society, which is a play on Submitted for the Approval of. The show has seen the release on DVD in 10 various forms, from individual seasons to collections of favorite episodes. There was a 2011, or it was released in 2011 on iTunes and Amazon for digital download. As of 2016, all of the episodes have been released uh, and are available for free on YouTube. Hooray! There was a spin-off, or uh, the series was spin-off into a PC game, and a board game, as well as a book series. And finally, there appears, well, there is, a new miniseries coming out on Nickelodeon. It premiered October 11th, 2019. It is just wrapped up, and my goodness, it was great. It was glorious. If you have not taken the opportunity, go find it. If you have a subscription to just any television service or streaming service, hopefully you can find it. It is top-notch. It is excellent. I almost lament the fact that we aren't doing a podcast based on this. Now, I mean, granted, it is three episodes, so it doesn't, you know, doesn't have a lot of longevity in the podcast world, but it was an awesome experience. I had a lot of fun. Tyson, did you get a chance to watch the remake or the reboot or the miniseries that just finished? I'm not yet. It is. Uh, I'm actually saving that because um, we were recording this a little bit before Halloween, but that's kind of kind of be my uh, Halloween watching. So I'm looking forward to it. 
Nice, nice, nice. Alright, so how about some freaky facts, huh? Ryan Gosling turned down joining the Midnight Society, although he did appear in a couple episodes. Nickelodeon wanted a, di a diverse, non-Disney cast for this. That's why they're not just a bunch of white blonde kids. Disney. Oh, is that why everybody wearing jean jackets? No, that's because they're from Canada. Oh, okay. Yeah. None of the kids actually ever light to the campfire. The campfire's just there. Weird, right? They shot the scenes for the Midnight Society at the same time over the course of a week or two every season. Mosquitoes were a serious problem on set, and the Midnight Dust was non-dairy creamer. That uh, explains why uh, a certain part in my uh, in the episode I selected for this uh, um, episode today, so I'm looking forward to getting into that. Because um, I always wondered, what's it, what is that midnight dust? Yeah, I'll have to get some non-dairy creamer next time I go camping and throw it in the fire. Absolutely. Make some, then tell some scary stories. Nice. So what we're going to do with this is we've each chosen two episodes to discuss today. I will take the role of storyteller to begin with. And then we can do just a little mini review. Assuming Tyson also watched my episode and he was not just going to be like, uh, the entire time. So, hmm. I did, I did watch it. All right, good. Nice. So season five, episode 11. I'm going to tell you about the tale of the unlocked door. The Midnight Society teller was Gary, who told the gang their future using a crystal ball. Uh, we're introduced to two friends, Justin and Ben, who are heading home discussing which girl are they going to invite to the dance. The inciting incident of this story is Justin is forced into Mr. Sardo's magic shop. That's Sardo, no Mr. Accent on the dough, where he finds a magical door that can see the future. The rising action is Justin using the little door and seeing a girl, Ashley, who shows up as a new girl at school the next day. However, the future visions show uh, peril for Ashley, and Justin spends the majority of the episode trying to save her life from fire. Our climax sees Ashley go looking for her brother in an old castle which is on fire. Justin uses the door to teleport to her, and they use its twin to save her. The conclusion is Justin and Ashley go to a dance. Ah, uh, and then they live happily ever after as high school there kids. There is so much happily ever after. No, notable casting of or casting on this episode was the girl who gives Ashley the cupcake is Amanda Walsh, who went on to be a much music VJ as well as the villain in season two of Dirks Gently. Oh, that's excellent! I didn't know she still was working. Yeah. She's been working for... She, she's a Canadian actress. She does, like, four things. And she's like, I was one of the most successful Canadian actors ever. She goes down in history. God bless yeah. you, Amanda Walsh. Yeah. So that's that was not our ter our, pat our Podtendo's terrible plot patented plot summary. We tried to break it down a little bit more. Uh, not in too much detail. Although lots of shows do that. Lots of podcasts do that where they'll talk, like, scene by scene. And they'll break down parts and they'll talk about it as they go. I don't know which one I like better, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, we know that people's attention tends to be fairly limited, so we try to have lots of content and different aspects, and not well, try to yeah. spend too long. And maybe one time, one time we talked about scenes, and Tyson talked about Charmander walking on the road for like five minutes. I was like, God damn it! Hey, you're tearing up by the end of that. Yeah, I know. You just sad. remember that. It was heartbreaking. <laughs> it's heartbreaking. That's why we don't talk about these things. It brings out too many dark memories, man. It's true. That's dark why I got to keep it light and, light and 
fluffy. Gotta gotta nice. talk about the funniest scenes. So, uh, what's your favorite part of this episode? Nice. Look at that. Look at Tyson. Look at Segway Jones over here. Uh, I enjoy Justin continuing to ask Ashley if she's ever been burnt alive. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great part of this episode. Like four different occasions, he's like, "Is oh, your dad a firefighter?" No, he's like, oh, "Have you ever like been in a burning building?" And she's like, "What's with you and fire?" He's like, "Oh, nothing." <laughs> I know, and it's just like, just keep staring at it. Like this kid is like, if I was this girl, I'd be so concerned that this boy's gonna try to light me on fire. Oh, a hundred percent. And <laughs> and honestly, listening to him refer to his little door, and he's like, "I saw you being burned alive through my little door." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, priceless. My goodness. Priceless. It was like, I I picked this episode. Oh, I guess I guess that, that's actually a question we're going to ask ourselves. So, uh, Tyson, do you have a favorite part of this episode? No, but all the, the just the fashion. And, and no, his buddy. His buddy's the best. The kid with the leather jacket and like the goofy fucking sunglasses on. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Cool. Yeah, he's to like, hold cool. on, this girl's coming. He puts his glasses on and crosses his arms. And I was like, 90s. Yeah, and he has hair, like, parted in the side. Oh, my gosh. It's so 90s and so funny. And, oh. like, I think I, I'm pretty sure at one point he's, like, in the uh, in the cafeteria or whatever. And he's just eating his friend's lunch while his friend's just, like, menacingly staring at this girl. You're like... Oh my god, these kids are awkward high school kids to the max. This is quality writing at at its finest. Yeah, good times. Nice, nice. So now we've got a new addition for this. Uh, if we're going to continue with Are You Afraid of the Darks? We'll see what happens. But we're going to go to one of my favorite characters, and he's going to ex- ask us the next, or set up the next segment. Wheel of morality, turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn. So, the moral of the episode. How much fun is that? Yakko was here. Yep, wonderful. And the Wheel of Morality. Nice. So, the moral of this episode is the perils of seeing the future. Or maybe, don't be afraid to ask girls out. Yes, or maybe if you look through tiny doors, you get more than you bargained for. That's it. Don't. Don't go peeping on little doors, I guess, you know? Mm, don't go look through doors that don't have... That, yeah, just don't go looking through doors, man. Yeah. Don't look through doors. You look through windows. That's it. Windows. Don't don't go peeping. No peeping toms. Maybe that's it. Don't be a peeping tom. Exactly. Nailed it. All right. Uh, so why did I pick this episode? I guess this question is specifically for me. I, I wanted to pick an episode with Sardo. Uh, not Mr. Accent on the dough. Uh, and I love the little prop. That one stood out to my mind when I was kind of thinking about Sardo episodes. I remember the little door. It is a very cute little prop that he gets to carry around. I didn't realize it would be so stupid about how he refers to his little door. Uh, and just as one of the standout characters, uh, Sardo, as well as what, Professor Vink. Vink, yes. Vink, Vink. Uh, those are the two kind of yeah. Those are the two kind of characters that pop up continually. So I just wanted to highlight uh, an episode of that. So I don't think this is the best episode. It's not the worst episode, uh, but I definitely wanted to highlight. Well, I think they're probably some of the standouts is Sardo and Vinks. So that's essentially my logic with picking this one. How about yeah. funniest scene? Do we have a funniest scene, Tyson? Is there something where you're like, ah, that's great? Is it a uh, buddy with the leather jacket crossing his arms? Is that your funniest scene? Yeah, it's up there. It's definitely up there. Nice. All right. So I said there was a tracking shot in the cafeteria where we see Justin get some food. He then walks across the cafeteria and he sits down next to Justin. 
It was actually just some, like, random Asian girl. But Justin's look looks an awful lot like this Asian girl. So I was like, well, that's unfortunate. That's so funny. Uh, so, yeah, some of the continuity is just, like, priceless. <laughs> or even just, like, the backgrounds. The, like, the atmosphere is sometimes just morphous blobs or just hallways with, like, just, like, pillars and stuff. And like, yep. what is this? Like, I can't tell what where we're at or who built these sets, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a set. Yeah. All right. All right. So we'll see. Let's see how that works. I don't know. Was that was that a good review? That was our mini review of this episode. And then finally, with some trivia, this is the only story where there was no evil presence. There was a supernatural element of the door, but really the door just showed you the future and actually helped him save Ashley. It didn't put him in, put her in any apparent danger, and that was it. And while looking for a love potion, Sardo mentions super specs, which are references to an earlier episode. Hmm. Always good. And Sardo's always fun. The guy that played him, like, gave it 110%. Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. He always was, like, super energetic and, like, yep. kind of, like, mugged a little bit. Running me a little bit of, like, a, like Tim Curry, but, like, oh. the Canadian version. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, fat ver- uh, Canadian version of Tim Curry. That's a great way of putting it, so. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Sweet. So, with that, that ends my, uh, that was my Halloween treat to you all. Tyson, do you have a treat for the audience? I do, I do. Nice. See, my tale was uh, the tale of the dead man's float. Ooh. Season five as well, episode one. the The storyteller was uh, st- I thought it was Stink. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is his first story in uh, in the Midnight Society. Yes. And this is like, sorry, we have to we have to kind of preface this. He was like trying to like get into. He was so actually. Like- he- yeah, so what yeah, the, he was the auditioning initi- to to be uh, yeah. part of the the Midnight Society because the kid that in episode one they like a one off sentence like oh his parents moved away. David, I believe, left. Yes, no, it's Frank. It's Frank. Frank, okay. Yeah. Frank was the tough guy. Yeah, tough guy that read the lame story about the cab, the Phantom Cab. Yes. Um, oh yeah, that was did, his initial story. Yeah, but did have Vink in it, so. Um, anyways, basically he is like gonna like sit down and tell the story and every, the whole time, like clearly people just do not like him. And he's like, Hey, I thought that this was a, a boat. A, I thought this was about a telling scary stories, not a popularity contest. And they're like, Oh yeah, of course go on. So then he gets into the story and it's like, okay. So introductions, we see a small boy, Jay Baruchel. Who, yeah. who, di- who dies in the pool in uh, 1954. Uh, yep. In present day, we see Zeke having a mishap in chemistry class. Two friends, Greta and Clarice, uh, discuss some level of dis- uh, distraction for the lovable nerd. I think that means attraction. Distraction is when you're being like, oh, look at that guy. Attraction is like, hey, that guy. Right, right, right. See, Tyson, um, Tyson is trying to read the notes that I read, and I write in a language that only I can read and interpret, so good luck. Well, <laughs> I already caught Stink and Stig, so... Um. Oh, it's supposed to be Stig. His name's actually Stig, because he's uh, he's named after, like, the stigma that's supposed to be around a character like that, kind of like a grungy-looking kid. Oh, I yes. getcha. Stig's his real name. Oh, fantastic. Good, Great writing, great writing. So, we got... On to the inciting incident where All Zeke right. um, has a thing for Clarice and asks to meet her, asks to meet him, asks her to meet him next morning. Um, he shows her there's an old pool at the school, which uh, later gets actually reopened by her um, 
protesting and, and bringing it up incessantly. So this is actually Clarice's fault. And actually, um, Zeke was trying to like explain to her, like, look, hey, some kids died here. They probably won't reopen it just out of willingly. And she's like, no, I got this. I'll pester them. And so the rising action is uh, Clarice and Zeke uh, continue to flirt, which leads them to swimming lessons. And uh, they get attacked, but uh, they get attacked by a mysterious hand. Basically, Zeke decides to use chemistry to actually, don't they get saved by the old janitor? No, <clears throat> they get attacked first. Uh, no, I think I think they get attacked by first by a, a jealous Greta because she had a thing for Zeke. Uh, now Clarice kind of seems like she's like swooping in on her crush. And then there was a mysterious hand that they couldn't see that pulled them under it. I think that's where the janitor saves them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then um, Zeke uses chemistry to reveal an acid and is actually like orange methyl something or something or other mm-hmm. and like dumps it in. And then all of a sudden, then we can see the monster. So then the, cl- the climax is Zeke, Clarice and the old janitor fighting the scary monster in the pool who yep. actually, like, they run away from him as he's standing next to the pool, go into the one room, the old janitor goes into shock, and it starts bubbling red blood through the bloody, like, sink, and then, like, pops up in, next to the old janitor. They run out of there, and they're like, uh, should we have left him? It's like, nothing we can do for him now. Best try to figure this out. So then Clarice actually grabs uh, a base, like a jar of a base, and they end up because she knows that it's a, a basically it's a monster made of acid. So she knows because of chemistry and the tutoring that she that she needs a base to counteract the acid. So in conclusion, they manganese the ghost and save the day, and then uh, celebrate by reading by the pool. We got the notable cast of Jay Baruchel, as well as Greta, who's a me a me castle. Went Amy. on to star and Amy <laughs> Castle. I guess I can't read. And then went on to star in Big Wolf on Campus. Yeah, which was a great show. Everyone um, says that. Do you should go back and watch Big Wolf on Campus. I don't think oh, it holds up as good. well as it as you believe it does. No, of course it's like radioactive, but it it was Canadian, so it's true. I remember it well. Yeah, so that's basically the review for this. Um, and then we'll what? Get that wasn't the review. That was the story. Oh, fine. I'll get into the review. So right. my favorite part of this is because the actual like monster effects are quite good, yep. and it seems to be. I've always been kind of scared of pools, and this was like just jumped on my uh, my lassophobia or whatever heck you want to call it. But so I, I, I always Why are you scared like, of pools because something might be in there that drags you down to the depths and drowns you like a scary monster that you can't see. See, all right. I mean, that seems like reasonable. <laughs> reasonable. I saw a true story about it once. All right. Uh, <laughs> so that's my favorite part of the story. What's your favorite part? Yeah, I think yeah, I think you have to the the design of the monster or the I guess of the ghost uh, is excellent. It's really creepy. I don't think you get away with that on TV nowadays. And I think it's just set. Yeah, exactly. Pools are not spooky, but it's great. Uh, people still call it the scariest are you afraid of the dark or at least one of them uh, and I think just the fact that they went out of the way for yeah the ghost maybe do I talk about it at all mm-hmm. maybe the fact that they have a random pool in their building so there's a school and at one point they're like oh here's this pool that you know has been closed since the 1950s let's reopen it we didn't even know about it 
you know how big pools are? They involve locker rooms, there's plumbing, there's a big space, there's offices. How do you just close something like that and no one notices? Uh, you don't, but writers are stupid. Yeah. So they just write it into making it a thing. All right. Okay. Especially well, we... when like yeah. they hide it by lockers. No yeah. one noticed the draft. Yep. No one figured that they would use that room for other things like storage, like that schools always need storage. Clearly they look well, like they were using it for storage at some point, and then they just like put a lockers in front of it and we're like, ah, anything in there we don't need. Well, let's just bless that Zeke was trying to figure out the square footage of the school, you know? Yeah, man. Good old Zeke. Nice. All right. Uh, what about the moral of this story? Wheel of morality. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn. Nice. See, so I le- what do you think the moral of this story is, Tyson? Why don't you tell your morals, and then I'll try to ration mine through it. All right, so mine are, don't build anything on top of a graveyard. Because the old janitor does say that they uh, built the pool on top of a graveyard, which would technically mean that they had to dig into the ground to make the pool. So hopefully they actually exhumed the bodies and they didn't just move the headstones, because we know how that works, poltergeist. Or, maybe the moral is, if a kid dies in your school, just cover it up. <laughs> yeah, see, there's there's some pretty sketchy morals on this one. The interesting thing is my thoughts on the moral was that because these kids use their knowledge of chemistry, they could defeat this monster. So sometimes school work is going to have unforeseen benefits. And I think that that's what they were going for. But it kind of comes across that um, if you're a nerd, it's okay to make fun of him as long as he's a cute nerd that you kind of like and you make it up to him afterwards. But you're allowed to shit talk him in front of your friends. Smart, smart. So Tyson, why did you pick this episode? Well, I recently actually rewatched all of them in like a couple of years ago when they relaunched everything or everything got public domain and they got uploaded to YouTube. I watched everything from start to finish, and this was like an episode that stood out to me. And I know it's kind of gotten a pretty big. A lot of people like it online, and with good reason. I think it's a very well. Um, I think it's one of the scarier episodes, and yep. I think that. It still holds up because pools are scary and something coming and dragging you underneath and murdering poor Jay Baruchow is kind of terrifying. Yeah, um, good old Jay Baruchow. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, I think that that's, that's why I picked it. It's, it's like it's genuinely like scary and it kind of holds up more than the my other choices, let's say. Nice. 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 So, uh, funniest scene. Uh, I really enjoy Greta, who or Amy Castle or Amia Castle, as uh, acting in the chemistry class. There's a point where uh, Clarice is talking to Zeke. You see Clarice's head framed, and Greta's head just kind of comes over the shoulder and looks longingly at Zeke, and then gives a, a nasty glare at Clarice. And I think that's amazing. I don't know if that was the director or if Amy Castle was just sitting there and that was a heads up play with her on set one day of just kind of stepping in and doing that, adding the extra little bit of a, hey, I used to like, I kind of thought this guy was cute. What are you doing? Like stealing my boyfriend. Added a lot more of a dimension to the character. Oh, that was great. Yeah, um, which is pretty interesting actually. Because <laughs> it's like, I I didn't even think that there's like kind of a, like a love triangle thing going on, but there kind of is. Um, my funniest part of the scene is where the kid is drowning, and like the one like the young janitor comes out because he's the he 
spoiler alert, he's the lifeguard at the beginning of the episode. So he jumps into it, but instead of diving, he does like this arm soap, like flying cross kind of thing. And I, I've never seen that um, amazing swimming technique ever <laughs> performed before, but it gets me every time. It gets nice. me every time. So nice. I also, the ending where Zeke's like, oh, I still don't like pools. They're sitting in this rubber dinghy reading a book and you're like oh cute they're in the pool reading and at one point she turns the page like she kind of like takes the book who's bent in half and flips it around and he just looks at her and he's like hey do you want to go for a swim and she says sure <laughs> gets up dives into the pool and goes swimming and he just continues reading and i was like what a fucking dickhead i never enjoyed swimming anyways after that at that point he was just like he's like you know what go fuck yourself <laughs> i got this i'm reading my book stupid all right nice so that was kind of our review look at those two amazing oh we forgot about trivia oh man so this is stig's first story yeah Mm -hmm. uh this was the only time an initiation story stig's failed to get the storyteller a membership for the midnight society the story is to believe one of the most scariest stories in the entire show and the second time for showing the lighting of the fire when Gary lit a match to start the campfire. I don't think that happened. But if it did, then my earlier point where they you never see the campfire being lit was lie. Uh, and if the pungent, acidic-odored smell of rotten eggs, as the janitor described, the only acid that comes close to smelling as such is sulfuric acid, H2SO4, and would need a stronger base than methyl orange to dilute the ph of being down to uh, approximately 7.0 which is supposed to be pure i don't fuck you wikipedia that's what i get for just copying them word for word yeah well i'll put it to you like this i think that it's so what was bit- what was the scariest part of this episode viewers was it me trying to tell you about chemistry and sulfuric acid or the episodes themselves Ooh. Mm-hmm. educational or not mm, yes Ooh. um i i also think that it, my favorite part is so it does turns out yeah it's a popularity contest <laughs> yep yep pretty much pretty much uh yeah, I'm going to tell you the scariest story ever, but you also need to tell another story to get in, so, yeah. oops. But in their defense, they do let him try again, but he needs to take a bath, which I yes. think is fair. Yeah, but you don't want the smelly kid being in your group. No, of course. You don't want to be known as the smelly kid group. Nice. All right. Uh, and then final, how about a final, are you buying it? And then we're out of here. So what if the Midnight Society is, in fact, ghosts themselves? This is based mostly on the lack that the cast of doesn't appear in any other setting and it's always at nights the way they appear and return to the forest is different and they always go in different directions and the subject matter of their stories in general perhaps they are ghosts of dead children of the area convenient convening on occasion to discuss other ghostly tales and perhaps in an effort to understand their own situations any thoughts you know i like it because we never see the final fun finale of the Midnight Society. And because I it always it, goes. Um, I do know that characters do kind of leave and then come back. So I'm yeah. going to say that it is a almost like because you're telling so many stories about ghosts, like every story has a ghost. I think that the Midnight Society is kind of like a limbo before you get to move on and, and pass on oh, into, the, into the next um, plane. Whereas you have to kind of like accept and no longer fear that um, 
ghosts or the end of the world, you kind of almost need to accept it. That's why you need to watch 90 episodes of a kids or a Canadian uh, kids cart- kids show and listen to very PG um, stories with only sometimes slight murders. So Only slight murders sometimes, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. actually... Huh, I don't know if I believe this because we see Gary in the episode of the spect- uh, Super Specs in his dad's magic shop. They are shown in the episode of the Silver Sight to actually go around the community and interact with the Silver Sight and like old members of the Midnight Society who are still alive people in that world. And we see like different variations, especially if the new uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark is considered to be in part of the canon. Uh, unless there's a weird twist ending, I think all those kids are alive, so I don't buy it. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to gasp or grasp with straws. Yeah. Nice. All right, sweet. So with that, uh, that kind of wraps up our Halloween special for this year. Uh, good job by us. Uh, anything you want to add? Any kind of just like other highlights? Are You Afraid of the Dark? Maybe a series we may come back to at some point in the future? Yeah, I think we definitely need to come back to it, especially maybe after the um, miniseries is wrapped up. And depending if we have some more interest, because I, I, I'm always fine grabbing a couple episodes and going through this. It's a yeah. it's an interesting show from our childhood that I like talking about. And I, there's, yeah. there's a, a mix of choose one. I chose five and then eliminated down to three and then eliminated down to one. So I, ha- I, I, ha- I had my selection. Sweet. Yeah, uh, it was it's relatively simple-ish to do uh these compared to the movies where we do have cultural significance in the Wayback machines and we have to review a whole movie whereas we just watch kind of more fun light-hearted uh shows it's a little bit less stressful i guess in a sense uh and maybe we look at potentially doing one in the way of like you know how talking simpsons they get little clips from the show and they play those and they talk over them maybe we look at doing a bunch of 90 cartoons um after we wrap up with the star wars uh movies and look at doing our format that way or if we like it more this way just kind of we talk in generalities and we just kind of laugh about stuff like that i don't know what's better what's easiest if people have preferences let us know we're open uh yeah like if, if if you ever wanted to have like a monkey paw show and you wanted to make a wish uh, you could definitely make a wish, send us a request on either uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Probably don't send us on Facebook. Email podtendo at gmail.com. Let us know if you like these kind of quicker little episodes. And yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put our brain power and figure something out for the new year. But until then, hopefully you're having a spooky, scary Halloween. Enjoy. Bye.